I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right. We don't have any feedback from our last episode, but that's probably my fault. Um, because we have people saying stuff in our Discord about our episode a lot, and I just don't write it down. So I encourage everyone, I'm going to try to like pay attention this time and uh, pick out some good comments to share on the podcast. So I encourage everyone to you know make some comments. And uh, if you see a good one, um, flag it and say, hey, you should say this on the episode. Ah, I thought you were about to say, write it down for me. <laughs> yeah, you should write it down for me and uh, and and make an outline about uh, what to talk about in the show for me. Then send it uh, and then I'll just mail. show up and discuss it because I'm the talent here. It's true. <laughs> I need a, I need an assistant. He, he's so everyone not be wrong. my assistant. Um. All right. So news this week. Uh, the big thing everyone's talking about is the Delta variant. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. Um, the Delta variant is a much more virulent strain of coronavirus, apparently. We talked about this last episode, um, but it's still going strong. Case numbers are still going up. Death numbers remaining static, which is good news, uh, probably probably because all the really high-risk people are vaccinated, um, even in red states. And because while there have been an increase in the rate of breakthrough cases, they're... Uh, the vaccines still remain extremely effective at preventing extreme illness and death. Yes. Um, so despite that, the CDC is now encouraging mask mandates in high-risk areas. Uh, and uh, I think that sucks. I'm not in favor of mask mandates. I feel like the people who are actually at risk of this are unvaccinated adults. And... I don't really care about them. I don't, I don't know if you guys care. I mean, I have some friends who are unvaccinated because of reasons um, that have to deal with conspiracy theories. And are I, they reasons? I really, really like these friends, and I would much prefer them not to get sick. But, you know, they made their choice. Like, if they get sick, I'm not going to, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I might cry over it. But it's their goddamn decision. How old are these friends? Uh, Right about my age. One is All slightly right, well, younger. They'll one be is fine. slightly older. Yeah, yeah, probably. I just, yeah, it sucks. But you know, if they die, they die. Rocky Four moment, you know. They but also, they're decision. not going to die. They're People our age die. don't die from this. That's true. You know what really annoys me the most about this whole thing? What's that? How much um, certain news outlets are making this into like a huge thing? Like Charlie, oh, uh, yeah. my SO here, listens to NPR, was coming home uh, a few days ago from work and came home like absolutely freaked the fuck out about how we got a lockdown again and uh-huh. wear masks and everything's going to be awful because they're making such a huge deal of it. I'm like, you know what they're not telling you? That it doesn't fucking matter for people who are vaccinated. Like, one of the things I saw was that on a recent cruise, 100% of the people on it were vaccinated. And I think out of 1,600 people, 100 of them got COVID. And, you know, that sounds like and a big fucking deal. And they were all deal. fine. Yeah, not only were they all fine, they were all asymptomatic. They wouldn't have even yeah. known they got COVID if it wasn't for, you know, testing done, mandatory testing as they came off the boat. In in California, in, in a number of states, California being one of them, the n- amount of people who are hospitalized that are vaccinated is literally 0%. So so small that it's a you know an error that's not picked up. Uh, it goes all the way up to in the great state of Arkansas, zero point zero six percent of the hospitalized are vaccinated. So uh, yeah, you you have zero point zero six percent. Yeah, if you've done the smart thing and gotten vaccinated, you'll be fine. And I'm really upset about how the media wants to make this another great big thing. If they try yeah. to lock down again, I'm gonna fucking riot myself. Yeah, I'm a masochist, so I listen to uh, the new york times daily podcast oh man and this morning it was all fear-mongering about delta being like why wouldn't everyone wear masks oh geez it's a good question i don't know i guess people are just assholes yeah <laughs> like there's no other yeah. reason but at least they mentioned that like it's it's pretty safe for vaccinated people but they were really out there banging the drum for like more restrictive measures yeah, the whole, oh, just wear a mask, even if you're safe. It's not like it's that big a deal. 
line of argument just makes me want to fucking stab someone. Yeah. yeah. It is so awful. Like, masks are not a big deal compared to, like, you know, getting sick and dying, but they're not nothing. They still suck. Nobody likes them. No, no, don't, no one does. And compared to getting vaccinated, they offer almost no protection. Yeah. Like, relatively speaking. The, that's that's the really annoying thing. I think Matthew Iglesias had the best take on this. By uh, local governments mandating masks, local and state governments, if they mandate masks but don't mandate vaccines, they're implicitly telling people that vaccines are either not reliable or dangerous. Yeah, it's so yeah. dumb. And, and while we're on that subject, I know that this isn't, strictly speaking, entirely relevant, but can we, um... Uh, how to put this in a way that won't upset Inyash. Uh, <laughs> can we encourage uh, the FDA to give the vaccine full fucking approval, please? Why, Why would that upset me? Uh, because I was going to um, say some things that have been known to upset you about what we should do with the uh, witless bureaucrats who are preventing this from happening. You are going to advocate mass murder. Not mass murder. <laughs> Just, you know. I, I heard a his little, little bit sound of there. Define, do, yeah, Wes, Wes raises an excellent point. Define <laughs> mass murder. <laughs> uh, yes, the FDA should probably uh, uh, approve the vaccines. Unfuck themselves. It's not like it hasn't been tested on hundreds of millions of people already. Yeah, they're out there telling everyone to get the vaccines, but also being like, ah, but we're not actually sure that they're safe and effective. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, a few episodes ago, Wes, you you came out saying that, like, they should put out an announcement that, oh, yes, it was uh, before we weren't sure that they were safe, but, uh, but now we do know and yeah. all you people who waited are super smart for having waited but now seriously it's safe and you can get vaccinated 100 and, and giving full approval would be a fantastic pretense for sending literally that exact message yes yeah so delta variant not a big deal if you're vaccinated fuck off people who want to give the government full power for everything yeah um let's also um i don't know mandate vaccinations for doing things, if you want to do things, you should be vaccinated. Especially things in public or in enclosed areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can go to the playground if you're not vaccinated. Um, yeah, again, I don't know of any good way to implement that that isn't a um, vaccine passport, and I don't approve of those for um, TSA is awful, and I or not TSA, NSA is awful, and I don't trust them to not abuse the information reasons, but I approve in principle. Oh god, would it be the NSA who administers it? I mean, probably not, but it's not the NSA who, strictly speaking, administers a bunch of other domestic surveillance programs, yeah, but somehow fair. they always manage to get their hands on the data. Yeah. Um, I'm... I... <sighs> I feel like vaccine passports are, yes, uh, a complicated question for the reasons you raise. Um, but I think that it would be fine if more businesses just voluntarily decided to be like, um, vaccinated people only, show us your little vaccine card. And if people want to fake them, then they fake them. But I think most people won't. The American people are a surprisingly law-abiding set of folks. Yeah. I think we have yeah, one of the highest disgusting. tax compliance rates in the world. I once tried to buy a fake ID, and uh, I got robbed instead. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally robbed at gunpoint? No, uh, I was like, I was a dumbass kid, hence the reason for needing a fake ID, and I gave the dude money before he gave me anything back. Ah. And he walked away with it. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, he, he, told, he gave me some bullshit story about how he had to uh, check and make sure it wasn't counterfeit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. He just made you a fake ID. Oh, he had to check that the money wasn't counterfeit. Yes. Ah, okay. I was like, he knows it's counterfeit. He just counterfeited it. <laughs> no, no, not the ID. There was no ID, you see. He just yes. took my money and ran off. Well, you learned a valuable rest lesson. Never trust yeah, a criminal. But if, uh, you know, that's I would do that with fake um, vaccine cards. Create them? No, but tell people I did and then take their money and run off. <laughs> 
Okay, I guess they deserve them if they're not getting vaccinated. Yeah, right? Be like, fuck you, get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Or instead of a vaccine card, it just give them directions to the clinic giving out vaccinations. Right now in Colorado, you can get $100, apparently, uh, yeah, if right? you're vaccinated. Yeah. I wasn't sympathetic to these people back when, you know, it was just places had walk-in appointments. Now they're literally paying you. Anyways. Anyways. Delta variants here, it's, uh, you know, transmitting a lot, but it's only really harming the unvaccinated uh, and unvaccinated adults. It's not not affecting children much, and it's not affecting uh, people with vaccines much. So don't worry about it. Don't let anyone tell you that you need to do things that you weren't doing before. Um, if you want to, go for it. Um, but if you don't, then don't. Heck, if you're in Colorado and you want a booster shot, you can get $100 for getting one right now. Mm-hmm. So go get that money. Um, I doubt anyone listening to us isn't vaccinated yet, but if you're not, go get vaccinated. Don't be an idiot. Yeah. All right. Next story. Uh, David is going to tell us about what's going on in Iraq. Yeah. Um. So you remember how uh, Crazy Uncle Joe said that he was going to end the Forever Wars? And I said uh, that I would believe it when... We were actually uh, pulling troops out. Well, guess who gets to take a victory lap? It's me, because we're not ending the fucking forever war in Iraq. All right, All right. you get a you get a half lap, because uh, he ended one of the forever wars. And he didn't use okay. the term forever wars. He used the term Afghanistan. So he probably came through on what he promised. It just was shitty and sneaky. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, we're, we're bearing the lead here. He's leaving troops in Iraq. Yes. And that sucks, and he shouldn't do that. We are um, in agreement. Yes. We're, so he's pulling all the troops out of Afghanistan, which is great, but for some reason has decided that, you know, he needs to leave soldiers in Iraq to, you know, do training and advising, um, which is what we were doing in Afghanistan that doesn't work. We know it doesn't work, and it's just it's an open-ended commitment that will be We'll do forever until we get fed up with it and leave. So I don't know what he's doing. We're already fed up with it. That's why we're leaving Afghanistan. It's the same thing. It's also literally how Vietnam started. Did it really? Yeah, they started with uh, military advisors. Oh, well, um, I, I doubt this is going to go the way of Vietnam since we already did the war. Yeah. But I, don't, I just don't understand. What is the difference between Iraq and Afghanistan here? Um... Why, why leave Afghanistan but not Iraq? I think you only need one base in the Middle East, and they decided Iraq was the better one for whatever reason. Uh, why? We don't need any bases in the Middle East. It's fine. Well, I agree, but the U.S. government does not. I guess. All right. Um, other bad news of the international variety. Uh, China is building a lot of nuclear weapons. Um, they It recently uh, came out. There was, I think we just got like, aerial photography of lots of new missile silos being built and this is worrisome because nobody's really been building nukes recently you know there's kind of a settled into a stalemate the u.s has a whole lot but way less than we used to um russia has way less than they used to the numbers have been consistently going down and now china is like building thousands of them and nobody knows why well yeah highly concerning um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about it other than that, uh, that sucks, and I wish they wouldn't do that. Yep. All right. Uh, next story is from David on a, on the right to food. Yeah, so, um, as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a ballot initiative in Maine about adding a quote-unquote right to food to their constitution. This is not what you're thinking. Yes. I thought it was one bad thing. Now it's a... But it turns out it's actually another bad thing? I'm not sure. Um, kind of of two minds about it. Uh, so, uh, this, uh, um, amendment would, quote, declare that all individuals have a natural, inherent, and unalienable right to grow, raise, harvest, produce, and consume the food of their own choosing for their own nourishment, sustenance, bodily health, and well-being. Uh, so on the one hand, I really approve of this in principle, uh, especially because it would, um, 
uh, mean you could, depending on how expansive the definition of food is, uh, it could mean de facto uh, legalization of uh, all drugs that don't require a chem lab to produce. Um, I mean, I don't see why uh, chem lab drugs would be exempted. It says uh, produce and consume. I don't think it's counted as food. You eat it. Yeah, it's food. Uh, it I'm calories? sympathetic to that argument. I suspect others would not be so much. It's called the Food and Drug Administration, guys. They're different. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the downside is that there's some um, uh, IP laws around genetically modified seed that this would potentially, like, de facto uh, overturn those laws. And while there's a lot to dislike about IP law... Um, uh, genetically modified crops are one of, I think, the better instances of it because they, um, uh, genetically modified crops have allowed the planet to sustain a seven and 7.8 uh, billion person population, uh, and more people are good, but, and, uh, these laws have incentivized that research, which is contributed to, you know, one of the best things that ever happened. Uh, of course, the big one, Yellow Rice, was a mostly humanitarian effort that was done by uh, non-profits and assorted um, wealthy philanthropists. But still, I imagine that uh, uh, other genetically modified crops have had a non-zero impact on being able to expand the world's population, and insofar as they have, these laws are potentially, or the IP policies are potentially quite good, and we shouldn't fuck with them. Yeah, so the issue here is that uh, companies like Monsanto and other uh, GMO seed producers create new seeds um, that, you know, give bigger yields or better tasting fruits, uh, or whatever it is people are looking for. Sometimes they're disease resistant, um, whatever, whatever it is farmers like about them. They patent the seeds, and then they sell them to farmers, but they say, um, you know, you have to buy our seeds. Uh, you can't just grow them and then replant the seeds from the plant. If you want to grow this crop, you have to uh, buy it from us. Um, and I don't think that's not in the law. I mean, the patent, the, them holding the patent is in the law, but I think it's in the contracts that they sign with uh, the individual farmers. Um, and this law or this constitutional amendment could possibly make that illegal um, and just invalidate those contracts. Only in the state, that state, though, right? Yeah, only in Maine. So farmers in Maine basically wouldn't be able to buy genetically modified seed anymore is what I'm yeah. getting out of this? Okay. The, I, yeah, the, the assumption is that if this was allowed to stand, which it probably wouldn't because the Constitution's not allowed to, uh, the Constitution doesn't allow laws to uh, you know, invalidate contracts like that. Um, but if this, no. I thought there's a lot of contracts that are made illegal by the Constitution. Uh, not pre-existing contracts. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the Constitution prohibits laws that impair the obligation of contracts. Um, so they just ignored the thing about people making contracts to sell drugs to each other? Well, those were already illegal when they signed them. Okay. So you can't, um, you, you can't invalidate current contracts. But it could make the further selling of the things illegally yeah made. it could it would affect future um future contracts well it's the future that i'm concerned about yeah the assumption is that then the seed makers just won't sell to main farmers yeah. and they'll yeah, when they sell you know they'll put into their contracts not to be grown in maine uh which sucks um but you know I, and i'm no fan of these contracts i don't like the idea that the company owns the seeds after they sell them mm. um but these are you know, these are good crops. Uh, very, we're, we're, we are a pro-GMO podcast. We are. Um, they are, they, like David said, they help solve world hunger. They help you grow things in inhospitable conditions. They get you bigger yields. Um, and they're, they're just all around good stuff. Um, and people freak out about them for no reason. Uh, so, but otherwise, yeah, aside from that, um, this amendment seems fine. I do think it would be a difficult to read it in a way that doesn't legalize drugs. 
um, you know, you could just you could just bake some meth pancakes or something, and then it's food. Hmm. I'm sure they'd find a way. Yeah, I'm sure they would too. But just by the plain language, it seems like you you just you can eat what you want, and if it fucks you up, then that's your decision. Could you eat uh, the most dangerous game after this? Is that illegal now? Yes, cannibalism is very illegal, I thought. Are you sure? Actually, I'm not sure. I just always assumed it. Yeah, like, what if I just, you know, cut off a slice of my leg or something and, uh, you know, wanted to, uh... I bet it's illegal to sell it. I'm sure it's illegal to sell it. But what if I wanted to gift it to somebody? Could they cook it up and eat it? You got me there. Yeah, I bet bet they could. I bet that's legal. Uh, cannibalism is a consumption of another body. In the United States, there are no laws against cannibalism per se, but most, if not all, states have enacted laws that indirectly make it impossible to legally obtain and consume the body matter. Yeah, Uh, see? Murder is obviously a criminal charge, regardless of consent. Uh, even if someone consents to being eaten and kills himself, the cannibal may still be liable for criminal or civil actions based on laws governing the abuse or desecration of a corpse, which vary from state to state. (laughs) All right, but you can, you can get human flesh without killing a person. Hmm. You're not wrong. You don't, you don't get the best cuts, probably, but. Yeah, I mean. Well, no. No, you probably could get the best cuts. Well, yeah, without like killing be- someone, but you'd have to... The best cuts would be, like, probably the leg? Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd have to really, uh, you know, grievously injure somebody. But you wouldn't have to kill them. I am disturbed by this entire line of conversation. No, you're not. I kind of am. I just well, You don't want to eat people? <laughs> I don't particularly want to eat people, <laughs> oh, no. I'm Eniage. Uh, you're the one who brought it up, asshole. I'm so sorry. I regret my <laughs> actions. All right. Well, the constitutional right to food probably doesn't mean you can buy human meat. Well, then what uh, good is it? But uh, I don't. I, I honestly don't know what it does mean. Like I read this, and I'm like, what problem is this trying to solve? Is it just the the seed thing? Could just be applause lights for someone trying to get reelected. Probably. Like why? Why are they passing this amendment? What? Who's Who's stopping people from eating the food they want? Wasn't there? Uh, well, so it so it could also be for like raw milk and that sort of thing. Oh, which that's again, good. I am one hundred percent for that. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. It's uh, seems like some good news, bad news kind of thing. Uh. All right. Next story is David pointing out the hypocrisy of the mainstream media again. Yeah, so uh, a few weeks ago we discussed uh, Democratic congresspersons uh, in the Texas state legislature uh, who basically fled the state to prevent there from being a quorum to vote on some some dumb laws that the Texas Republicans were trying to pass. Uh, And uh, on the plane that they took out of the state to prevent a quorum from forming so that the stupid laws couldn't get passed, uh, someone had COVID. And they spread it around a bunch to, uh, at this point it looks like around three people, plus Kamala Harris. So (laughs) that's fun. Uh, And the... um, the pointing out the media's hypocrisy is that no one's really talking about this. I learned about it from some rando on Twitter uh, who was linked in V. Moskowitz's uh, post from like a week or two ago. Um, and yeah, uh, compare this to the Rose Garden Super Spreader event, which was front page news for weeks. Um, I don't, I, I don't really see this as that much hypocrisy. Um, because as we were talking before, um, COVID is not that dangerous to vaccinated people. And these people were all vaccinated. Um, and I think the, the Rose Garden event was like, wow, look at these people being irresponsible. Um, none of them are vaccinated. And now they're spreading COVID all around. Where in this case, it's vaccinated people getting together. And yeah, there's a few COVID cases that come out of it, but no one's, you know, very ill. Um, and it's mostly fine. So I'm, I sort of support this being a non-story, and I think it was reasonable to make the Rose Garden event a bigger story. Uh, my only input is that we seem to have a lot of uh, news stories inspired by randos on Twitter this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is a good thing that Twitter exists. 
Just I don't as know long why as you, you know how to that. use it responsibly. Um, all right. Next story. So this is a story we considered not discussing, um, but we decided to leave it in. So audience, we want to hear from you. Is this the kind of story you want us to uh, discuss or uh, should we omit it? You're the you're the bosses of us. So let us know. Um, but Eniash, you're going to tell us about this kind of silly story about Facebook and Hungary. Yeah, there is a mayor in Hungary who is a far right person. And I'll get into just how far right in a minute here. But he was kicked off Facebook uh, for being, you know, really, really far, far right. right. Exactly, yes. Uh, not just kicked off Facebook, but um, allegedly for I don't know how long, people couldn't even mention his name in a post or event or image without a notification popping up that he is a dangerous person, which is something usually reserved for like terrorists and criminals and such. Uh, and he, he did not take this very well. He sued Facebook uh, in Hungary. Facebook didn't respond, possibly because they weren't sure that Hungary exists, or maybe they didn't know about this lawsuit. I don't know. But anyways, uh, with Facebook not responding, the court issued him a summary judgment of 100 million Hungarian... David, what was the word? Um... Well, it's 100 million of the Hungarian currency, which comes out to about 330,000 US. Uh, I think Facebook... Uh, I think Facebook at this point has um, found out about this and is now actually going to be responding. But uh, I don't know. I, I think our we can get our usual takes on, you know, how it's okay for corporations to do this, but, you know, maybe censorship is really bad or something. But before we do all that, I did want to, like, point out how far right he is. Uh, he, his, his party called for the banning the building mosques in his town banning the call to prayer endorsing a ban on lgbt advertisements and people he called for a holy war he was actually part of the far right political party but then got kicked out of it before being too far right for them and started a new even more far right political party in hungary it's a you know basically a a racial supremacist kind of sounds like a mensch (laughs) yeah, <laughs> uh, he mentioned something about like they shouldn't give any more money to gypsies uh, in in a quote of his that I found. So you know, not not the great guy. I don't think he actually is someone that we should necessarily endorse uh, or defend. But yeah, yeah how, how do we feel about this whole censorship by Facebook thing? Uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone would defend this. It just seems yeah. like. You know, they're looking out for themselves. Like, there just doesn't seem any principled reason behind this. Just like, ah, this guy's fucking with us, so we're gonna fuck with him. I think Facebook's been rubbing enough shit on their faces with the whole, um, COVID censorship and CDC bootlicking and so on, Mm -hmm. uh, that there's no need to, like, argue that they shouldn't be doing that sort of thing in censoring really genuinely bad people because they're doing a lot of other problematic censorship enough to fill plenty of discourse cycles without even needing to get to people like him so uh yeah i don't really see any need to um uh to really stake a position here i think it's an interesting thing to to consider because you know, we're considering if we are very anti-censorship, then we're anti-censorship of even really awful people, uh, which I think is an important thing to remember and to have that hill to die on. Um, and I don't know, I the other side of it being that they are a private corporation, so they can do whatever they want, being the classical libertarian line, right? Why, why does it not apply to Facebook? Uh, so it does apply to Facebook. But again, and again, I'm not saying that... Um, like, we, if we are taking a hard line against censorship, which we're not necessarily, uh, but if we were, I'm just saying, like, we've lost enough ground that we'd probably do better by, uh, just defending people who, you know, are pointing out that, you know, some people who are anti-vax actually have, like, genuinely important questions and we should engage with them gracefully and actually try to answer them respectfully instead of just sneering at them and or censoring them oh you mean fascists (laughs) yeah um so yeah i i like that we will eventually get to a point where we need to have a conversation about whether this sort of thing is unacceptable censorship or just 
businesses exercising their own rights to not give platforms to assholes. But we're so far away from that right now that I don't see any real need to... Uh, um, uh, Drag that particular turd into the punch bowl? I, I don't see any need to hurt our side's own PR by defending guys like this asshole. All right. Also, the uh, Hungarian currency is is uh, the forint. I have no idea if that's pronounced right, uh, but it's spelled F-O-R-I-N-T uh, in the anglicization. And the most important thing you need to know about this currency is that the 500 forint note has a guy on it who I swear looks like Vlad the Impaler. Uh, it's not. It's some other prince of, of Transylvania with a handlebar mustache and a very nice hat. Um, but it's it does... Nandor from the, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> that is quite a mustache. I uh, encourage the listeners to Google it. 500 forint note. Oh, it's got a nice uh, chateau on the back. Yeah, if I had a currency, I think I'd also put vampires on all my currency. You probably would. It would make it yeah, timeless. <laughs> All right. Uh, next story. Infrastructure from David. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, David and Eniash actually both flagged this story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eniash, you want to take this one? I've been talking a lot. Sure, no problem. Uh, so there is wording in the new infrastructure bill saying that uh, it, it defines as a broker of cryptocurrency pretty much everyone involved in making cryptocurrency available to anyone, uh, which includes, if this wording is taken literally, which sometimes is exactly how wording is taken, uh, includes basically any miners, anyone, pretty much anyone doing anything with crypto besides just being a holder of it, uh, which is a problem because people doing Bitcoin mining have absolutely no way of contacting the people who are going to get the Bitcoin and getting their financial information like right now i have bitcoin through coinbase so that probably wouldn't affect me because coinbase already has my my financial information but uh it would certainly make it very hard to do any bitcoin mining here in the united states if every bitcoin miner had to know i guess my personal information if i did any trading in bitcoin it's it's a bizarre requirement and could very well if it passes and the wording isn't changed just drive a lot of bitcoin operation right out of the u.s the same way that china drove it out of china Boo. yeah i don't think we necessarily need to shoot ourselves in the foot here as a nation with cryptocurrencies because i still think that they are going to be interesting and have have a impact on the future i mean you know they're going to though right i mean the government hates cryptocurrency the whole point of cryptocurrency is that the nobody can see what you're doing, specifically governments. I mean, that's if that's the objective, it's not a very good objective. They can always track you back if you ever make a purchase using crypto. Like, the entire ledger is publicly available yeah. to everyone. That's the whole point. Right, but they can't link the... You, you know the unique id code to a person not necessarily I mean, they they probably can just by like tracking you with a massive surveillance state that exists in america <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but the whole point no but like the point of cryptocurrency is to you know liberate people from government backed currency yeah like the whole thing is is either to avoid the prying eyes of government or to you know make government currency obsolete um it's very hostile to governments so of course governments hate them or third option to evade taxes oh that too. that's the pretense for all of this because uh the well, i think that's part of the first congress thing. people think that they're going to be able to pay for their billion dollar new infrastructure bill by closing tax loopholes including crypto which just fucking no <laughs> that's not gonna work it never does and it won't now and uh also closing tax loopholes is the eliminating waste fraud and abuse of the left <laughs> I think I find it interesting, like how many was it? It was well over 200 million that they expected to get in revenue for this to help pay for the infrastructure bill, which tells me that the infrastructure bill is going to be at least 200 million underfunded. Oh, at least. Yeah. But you know, I'm. 
Why bother paying for things anyway? That's, yes, the new motto. I, I think, I mean, despite the fact that, yes, crypto is um, in inherently and intentionally hostile to government and government currency, it's just going to be enough of a, a impact on the economic development of any country's future that removing it like that is going to have really bad negative impacts and could, you know, stop people from becoming important players in the world stage later on. Or at least make it harder, which I yeah. don't think you want, even if it does interfere with a little bit of your government I monopoly mean, on coinage. I would just love for the government to stay out of crypto entirely, but you know they won't. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like as soon as crypto gets big enough that it starts actually becoming a viable alternative to anything, governments will just, will just crack down on it and destroy it or render it useless. Then we will have to move to countries where it's not useless. And but the old it, dinosaurs will fail. No, but it's, um, no, I was reading about this the other day. There's, there are ways the government can just, like the government could destroy Bitcoin right now if it wanted to. I think um, it could make it illegal in the U.S. I'm not sure that would destroy it, though. No, they could destroy it by buying enough servers to oh. make the whole blockchain not work. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it would true. be a, a trivial expense for, you know, compared to the uh, national budget. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure which government agency could do that without some sort of buy-in from Congress, and I'm not sure that Congress has or the median vote in Congress has the technical savvy to understand the concept of a 51% attack, but sure. No, but they could probably pass a law that says uh crypto bad with language in there that enables the, you know, the NSA to do it or something. Yeah, should be easy. Uh, that's that would be the least of my worries. They probably just slip it into a budget bill. Yeah, I mean they slip this into an infrastructure bill. Yeah, there you go. And you know, uh, David, I know you saw it on Reason. Eniash, where did you hear about this? A random internet guy or random Twitter account? Man, random Twitter account again. I mean, I'm never on Twitter myself, so technically I saw it on our Discord server, oh, but okay. it was linked so to a Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I doubt most people have heard of, about this. I certainly didn't hear about it until you guys brought it up. And I'm on that Discord server. Also, I shouldn't say random Twitter account. Uh, like, these Twitter accounts are generally people who um, have a lot of knowledge in this particular subject area. It's yeah. just random to me. It would be like if someone said that, you know... Eliezer Yudkowsky is a random Twitter uh, user <laughs> when he's saying something about AI programming. All right. A major crypto Twitter account. Quite possibly. All right, then. Uh, all right. Anything else to say about that? That's it for me. All right. Well, moving on to Olympic news. Oh, okay. This is me again. Um, uh, this There's not much in the term way of news here, and I couldn't find a video clip, so I don't necessarily know if it's 100% true, but people were talking about it as if it was, so probably? Anyways, apparently there was a gold medalist weeping out of, you know, joy for winning a gold medal, and a sideline reporter from the side tells him that he can connect with his family over Microsoft Teams, which is just peak NBC moment when you manage to get that <laughs> sponsorship plug in in the middle of a high emotional intensity moment. Good job to the reporter guy, and God, I guess this is what we've come to as a society. See, my favorite, um, pro like, product plugs are, if you ever listen to sports on the radio... They, I do not. they, they, <laughs> different companies will like sponsor parts of the game. Um, and back in the day, like in the nineties, if you listen to the Eagles play on the, on the radio, there was a, 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 a sandwich shop called Slack's Hoagie Shack <laughs> and they would sponsor the Slack's Hoagie Shack whack of the day. Nice. So every time there was a big hit, Meryl Reese would go, yeah, that could be the Slex Hoagie Shack whack of the day. That's not, I mean, that's awesome and all, but it it's, yeah. it doesn't feel as bad as, like, someone actually talking to an a, uh, a, a athlete in a, you know, moment where they're crying and joy and being like, no. did you know about our product? No, they're not actually, like, running up to the players yeah. <laughs> saying, like, hey, what do you think of that? <laughs> Uh, but yes, right. I'm saying like, would you like to connect with your family on Microsoft Teams? <laughs> it would have been great if if it was like, no, no, uh, give me the Zoom. <laughs> that would have been wonderful. Microsoft Teams is shit. I wonder if there's anything in their contract saying they can't say something like that. I can't imagine that it is. Like, you can't make 
Olympic competitors sign shit like that, I don't think. You probably can't. Also, more importantly, it would just draw their attention to it so they would be, you know, more likely to do it. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't force, like, Olympic, Olympians to, to do endorsement deals just to compete. Yeah. I'm sure that was just NBC being dumb. Yeah. But they don't, do they, do they air that stuff live? Because I feel like they would have just edited it out. I don't know. I assume they also air it live. I see. I would assume not because everything's at like different times and like in the middle of the night and shit. Yeah, but it doesn't cost them anything to stream it. Yeah, I guess not. All right. Well, that was a nice moment for Microsoft Teams. All of us have no idea if it's actually streamed or not because we care about the Olympics so much. Right. I know. I know you can watch it for free on Peacock, but I haven't. Do you have to pay for Peacock? Nope. It's free. Oh, that's why I said free. Well, yeah, Peacock is I, I don't understand Peacock because it's like one of those streaming services. It's NBC streaming services, but it's free. Does it have advertisements? I'm sure it does. Then it's not really free. It's just a streaming service with advertisements. But don't they all have advertisements? No, Netflix no. doesn't. Um, or Disney Plus doesn't. There's quite a few that don't. All right, that's fair. All right, next story. Um, shipping prices. This is also from Eniash. This is. I've got a bunch in a row. I think just because I added all mine to the end here. Uh, is what happened. Yes. Uh, shipping container prices traditionally uh, never been over $3,000 or so. Up to $10,000 in the past year per shipping container, which is fucking huge. And really, I don't see how it's not going to impact the price of literally everything that one can buy. That is uh, like this spoiler, that sounds like a lot. Spoilers, it is going to affect the price of literally everything you buy, including non-physical goods, because people who supply services and other non-physical goods need to eat. Okay, that's a good point. I think this $10,000 was specifically from Asia to Europe. It might not be as bad in the U.S., but, uh, you know, that, that just means it's more profitable to sell things to, to ship things to Europe, and things are going to even out eventually. It's, yeah, it, everything is going to be more expensive. Asia to Europe? Thing. Is this a Suez issue? Uh, it was partly Suez. There was a number of things, but I mean, this is going on right now. It isn't from months ago. Yeesh. So yeah. So do we know why this is happening? Uh, there was a number of speculations. Suez was part of it. Just the uh, sudden roaring back of everybody needing everything now that uh, COVID lockdowns are being lifted. It's nothing. Nothing about the withdrawal of the. United States from defending the global order, is there? Because I've <laughs> no. been reading uh, Peter Zion, and that, that would be alarming if it was. No, 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 we're still doing that. It does not say that here, no. Uh, it is mainly about supply chains getting fucked over and people struggling to can't, uh, cope with that. Yeah, it just says um, it's mostly demand-driven. People want more stuff, and there's, uh, yeah, there's still fallout from the Suez blockage. Yeah, mentioned Suez too. Uh, hopefully, that's just temporary because that would Did, suck if shipping yeah. cost that much. You see the graph at the bottom there? Yeah. That's crazy. Just squiggle All right, well, uh, keep an eye on that. Um, hopefully that yeah, hopefully that's temporary and it's not uh, it's not it's not worldwide, but we'll see. Um, and our last regular news story is about Walmart. Oh yes, me again. Uh, Walmart is now saying that it is going to pay 100% of tuition costs and books for its employees uh, in college, which is, um, well, first of all, it's not every college, whatever college they choose, there's a number of colleges that they're partnering with, but they're not like shit colleges or anything. One of the ones included is the University of Denver, which I know is, you know, just a decent regular university. Uh, university of Arkansas is in there. Some names I don't recognize, but I figured they must be okay. Uh, so that's, you know, I actually found this an article while I was looking for happy news because that is a thing I do every time we record and uh, I did not include it in the happy news because I don't know maybe this is good news for Walmart employees I'm not entirely sure uh, maybe they would rather have more money instead but uh, there's also the fact that basically all it's doing is increasing in the long run it's just increasing the cost of credentialism and uh, the demand for credentialism so just making life worse for everybody else on the planet yeah, it would be much better if the headline was Walmart stops requiring college degrees for management positions. Uh, but I guess this is good for the employees that do it, since there is a big uh, wage premium to a college degree. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, 
It's still yeah. wasting however many hundreds of hours of their lives for yes. a stupid credential. Yes. Um, it's sort of like, do you want to change the world or just figure out how to get by in it? Uh, you know, Walmart, you'd wish they would be in the more changing the world business since they're so huge, they could have a large effect. Yeah. But, um, you know. But this is much better PR than the other. Yeah. And some good will come of it, so, you know, it's, yeah. it's fine. It's not It's not bad. It's not like all the other news that we usually talk about. Yeah. Speaking of all the other u- news we usually talk about, that's the last of the regular news section, so that means it's time for happy news. Good news, everyone! Uh, and our first story is from David, and it's about Jeff Bezos' penis. I mean, spaceship. Uh, yeah, so Jeff Bezos' uh, uh, penis-based trip to space has uh, successfully concluded, and apparently um, uh, Jeff Bezos enjoyed going to space. And, and so did Wally people. Funk. Yes. Uh, and so did uh, so he wants more people to go to space. And by space, I mean the moon. Uh, because he has published an open letter uh, offering... I'm unclear on whether this was like a grant or a loan or something. Uh, but he has offered NASA... Um, a bit more than $2 billion in funding for a uh, put-humans-back-on-the-moon-based program. He is giving NASA $2 billion? Uh, again, I'm not clear like what exactly the terms are here, but um, I-, I know that there are $2 billion on the table for some sorts of terms, and... Uh, in order to fund a go to the moon program. That's fucking awesome. And a good thing to rub in the face of everyone who's like, er, billionaires spending money on space exploration. Oh, okay, I see it. Uh, so he's offering uh, up to $2 billion worth of uh, services from uh, Blue Origin in order to make up uh, a funding shortfall. Cool. Yeah, it's also SpaceX that has the contract right now. Uh, so classic pizos undercutting the competition but this is exactly what we want wouldn't we have capitalists going to space right yeah this is how capitalism works yeah it's like ah you bid two billion i bid zero (laughs) i i really just love that this is like we could just point at this when everyone's like billionaires going to space just to fuck the rest of humanity why don't they spend the money on something worthwhile like look now we're going to the moon because of capitalists I think those people would just say, like, then why are we going to the moon? And they'd quote that Whitey on the moon uh, poem. Oh, well, okay, I guess there there probably would be that. You're right. Wait, Whitey on the moon? Yeah, you don't know Whitey on the moon? I've never heard it. No, but I suspect it will put me in a stabbing mood. Yeah, it probably will. Ah. It was uh, featured prominently in um, the uh, Lovecraft Country show, which was actually quite good. You know, I was not pussed. I mean, it was okay, but after three episodes, I was oh, like, Oh, shit, it's Gil Scott Heron. Aw, I liked him. <laughs> you can still like him. Can I, though? Yes, Death of the Author. What? You can't like the author if you're doing Death of the Author. Well, I'm assuming when he said I liked him, that he means he likes his works. Oh, well, yes, like, you can you like his works. you personally know the guy, right? Yeah, no, but, uh, I mean... The revolution will not be televised is quite good. Um, If untrue. (laughs) Yes, quite. All right. Next happy news story uh, from Eniash about blood. Yes, blood. Uh, Going in with the vampire theme from earlier. Uh, (laughs) Researchers have found a way, apparently, using uh, something found in the human gut. I don't remember. I think it was a... Because... I should have remembered this, memorized this before. Anyways, um, yes, a pair of enzymes in the human gut, uh, in human gut bacteria, they have found a way to use those to convert type A blood into type O blood, uh, making potentially a great deal of more blood available since type O is the universal donor that uh, anyone can accept. Uh, this would be fucking great because it means a lot more blood for saving people and a lot more uh, people being able to donate. Uh, the It's, you know, it's just something that was recently discovered, so unknown yet if it will scale up because it's not 
just okay. It's not just important to be able to do it, you know, in a lab. You got to be able to do it cost effectively at large scales. Otherwise, what, what's the point? If paying a million dollars for a liter of blood that you converted. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it is definitely a thing that um, is a good step forward to giving us a lot more valuable blood that we need for our dinners and or uh, operations. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't know, um, typo blood is called universal donor because you can um, you can donate typo blood to anyone. Yes. Um, any any other blood type, you have to match type. Um, but uh, not a, not any other blood type. So if so, AB can take uh blood from A or B. Right. Uh, and A and B, you need to match type or get O. Right. So so if you've got an A, you need A. If you've got a B, uh, I don't know. And technically, you also got to yeah. match uh, positive negative somewhat. So typo negative yeah. is the actual universal donor. Right. But the point is, having more typo blood would be very good. Speaking yes. of typo negative, if any of you ever need blood and are near me, then I can hook you up. Ooh, nice. Really? Yes. It's good to know someone like that. I think <laughs> I'm. I Indeed. think I'm type A. So you know, maybe I can donate blood in the future to anyone. We'll see. All right. Well, that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David. Yeah. So I have been reading uh, Peter Zion's Disunited Nations, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. And I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, I may do a full review at some point if I can find the willpower to actually write something. Um, But where I'm at right now is that as speculative fiction, it's excellent. Hmm. Uh, His premises are probably the, like, pretty close to the base assumptions. Like, he's basically just assuming mean reversion. For a lot of his arguments, um, but he also like is very deterministic um, in a way that I'm not entirely sure I endorse. And for um, those of us who haven't seen your Discord rants about this, what does he actually say? Uh, so his case is essentially that America has been single-handedly propping up a global order. Um, whose most prominent feature is uh, guaranteed um, uh, shipping from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world uh, for free at the point of use. Uh, Of course, American taxpayers pay for it when we pay for the Navy. Excuse me. Um, uh, And that... um, Americans are getting disillusioned with the notion of spending a bunch of money to prop up a global order that is no longer really doing anything for us now that the uh, scourge of communism has been, for the most part, wiped off the face of the earth. And his uh, argument is essentially that a lot of countries have based their economies and societies on having that access to um, uh, secure uh, or free shipping security, and that if slash when America withdraws from that role, um, a lot of those countries will face serious upheaval. Um, And uh, yeah, like I said, then they'll appreciate us. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, but it'll be too late because they'll already be dead. Um, so yeah, like I said, it, I I have mixed feelings about it. I think that if you already know a lot about um, geopolitics, reading it will probably make you dumber. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't, it's a quite a good starting place. Just remember that a well-written, funny, accessible book is not the same thing as a book that's correct about everything it says. Um, so yeah, I, uh, call it a tentative recommendation, um, with a lot of asterisks. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash, what have you got for us? 
My mind killer, not mind killer. My troop deployment is a kind of a follow up. No, not kind of. It is a direct follow up to the one from <laughs> two weeks ago, uh, where I said that all school buses should have lap belts. Um, it was pointed out to me in the Discord, so I guess actually kind of listener feedback. What do you know? Um, that. Most of the fatalities in school bus crashes are with the people who crashed into the school bus, uh, because the school bus generally has just so much sheer tonnage behind it that it doesn't uh, go very far or get jostled very much. And also that the seats are kind of designed to be like sort of this padding that helps kids if they get knocked around. Um, also, that I mean, that's sort of a thing. I already knew about the tonnage and all that, but also uh, the lap belts require um, compliance. Like, the kids actually have to put them on, which lots of times kids just don't, and you're not going to be able to force a whole school bus of kids to do it. And, you know, how long is it really realistically going to be before kids manage to somehow destroy these lap belts by jamming them with paper clips or gum or whatever it is that kids do? Uh, Damn so, kids. Yeah, so realistically speaking, they won't even be used all that much, and it just might literally not be worth the cost. Uh, and, you know, that's important because we only have so much money to spend as a society and maybe spending it on something that'll save just a few kids' lives every year is not worth the hundreds of billions it would take. Um, that was all very good points. So I wanted to, you know, bring that up and also say that it probably would be worth it if it didn't cost between six and ten fucking thousand dollars per bus to put in some lap belts, which is ridiculous. So I didn't follow that discussion particularly closely but if i remember right the big risk to the passengers comes from the bus catching fire because the gas tank is like underneath the um the children passenger compartment <laughs> and so them being able to run away very quickly in the case of a crash is actually better for safety uh did i miss something i don't think it would be that hard at all to take off a lap belt yeah that's fair when I think of safety, I think of child stampedes. <laughs> um, it, it did kind of remind me that fucking putting in a single traffic light costs a half million dollars, which, again, I think is insane, and I understand a lot more about government having learned that. Like, it, it would be worth it if it didn't cost so damn much to put in a lap belt. How did this happen? All right. I'm glad you agree with me that we should just stop doing all safety things. That's not where I was going. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Eniash. No problem. Uh, my troop deployment this week is that we should bring back the right to privacy. Uh, you may recall that two episodes ago, we covered a Supreme Court case called Americans for Prosperity Foundation versus Bonta, in which the court held it was unconstitutional for California to require nonprofits to disclose their large donors. The case was decided on some convoluted reasoning. The disclosure might lead people not to contribute and therefore not engage in protected speech. So the disclosure requirement was a violation of freedom of speech. You're probably thinking that sounds like a pretty contrived argument, because it is. The actual reason to strike down the law was that it violates a principle that the courts have recognized for 50 years, the right to privacy. The right to privacy was first recognized in 1965 in Griswold v. Connecticut, in which the court struck down a law banning the distribution of contraceptives to married couples. There's no right to privacy in the Constitution, but the court recognized that if you read between the lines, it's clear that one of the principles behind the Constitution, and especially the Bill of Rights, is that certain things are none of the government's business. Unfortunately, the right to privacy has been neglected since the 1970s, probably because it was the justification for Roe v. Wade which turned it into a culture war issue. That's the reason why the conservatives on the court have to pretend the issue in Americans for Prosperity is free speech, but I hope they change their minds. Technology has made government surveillance much easier. If it's permitted, the government could easily insert, insert itself into our lives in unprecedented ways, many of which can't be shoehorned into a free speech violation. The court should reaffirm the right to privacy now before things get out of hand. Keep the government out of our private lives and set the precedent that the government has no business prying into certain parts of our lives. Very good. All right. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, follow us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. Leave us reviews. Um, and make sure to uh, come on the Discord and uh, make some smart comments because I'm going to be on the lookout for them. You can also email us um, at uh, Eniash. What's the email address? Is it themindkillerpodcast at gmail.com? 
why why are you asking me? It's your podcast. You set it up. Did I? Yes. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I think I, it's the mindkiller podcast at gmail.com, but it's, okay. it's in the, it, it'll be in the show notes. I just set it up that one time. And then I thought you were, you were running with it after that. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, give us your feedback and we'll be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.